What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year oh no hello everybody welcome back to rnf troy radio and while this is episode 404 i'll tell you what's not an error usc and the ncaa tournament the trojans are number six seed they'll be playing on saturday we're going to talk about that and so much more here on this episode as always you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Our bonus episodes over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Troy. Our email address is reignoftroy at and our phone number is 213-373-1USC, second Woodsburn Show. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, Join along with my co-host, here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. It is March Madness time. We talked about this last week. It was brewing. We're doing some some Rot Madness stuff over on Patreon. This week, we're going to talk about uh, running backs and wide receivers. Do a little bracket and, and see who can come to the top of the, the Trojan bracket there. We did one last week. Uh, over on Patreon of quarterbacks, which was super fun. We got to a debate. and It was contentious. Very contentious. You guys should go over and listen to it. Patreon.com slash Rain of Troy. We get all of our bonus episodes for little as five fifty five a month. Uh, but in, in the spirit of March, uh, and, and you know, we're recording this on the 17th, which is the day you have to wear green. I think we have to tell people neither you or I are wearing green. Well, we're kind of in like a uh, nuclear Cold War standoff. 
Because if if you were to try and pinch me, then I would be within my rights to pinch you. And I'm not going to pinch you for fear that you will then come pinch me. So, yeah, that's I think it's working for us. Th- that's fair. That's fair. By the way, I hate the stupid wear green thing. Like, like if, if you don't wear green, like, you're, like, a terrible human you being. Would, like, really? You would not have liked growing up in my family. Because Did you have if, to wear green? if you didn't plan the night before to sleep in green, then you were probably gonna get uh, get uh, some pinch action happening. It's so lame. It's lame. I mean, it's it's not oh, my green beer. I think is lame. I'm 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 down for my favorite thing that my family did when we were growing up is that uh, the leprechauns would come overnight and dye the milk green. That sounds awful. <laughs> it really sounds awful. It was pretty funny, you know, because like the first thing I use the milk for is not necessarily like cereal. It's usually like coffee. So you'd get some strange looking coffee, but it it still tasted fine. It's, it's sort of a tradition. Yeah, I no, nah. not not a fan of of things that are. And green then we'd we'd have we'd have green eggs and ham. Horrendous. Did you have corned beef and hash too? Uh, actually, yes. And actually, I do like corned beef, although so this is this is here's a problem that I have. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, I have my the, the pub that I go to to watch Liverpool. I have ended up in that pub several St. Patrick's Day because for random sort of coincidence, Liverpool often played on that day. And so I would sort of end up hanging out at the pub with my brother who loves St. Patrick's Day. And so we'd always just be there and, you know, We'd, I would order the corned beef and cabbage, and I discovered that I, I quite like corned beef. Yeah, corned beef and cabbage. Why did I say hash? I don't know. I think you can do it with hash, too, but like... Yeah, it's cabbage. Yeah, it's cab- yeah. corned beef and cabbage. And so I'd order it, and I was like, oh, like I actually really like the corned beef. But like two years in a row, I came home from St. Patrick's Day at the pub and like had terrible migraines and stuff like that. Now... Those migraines could have either been... God punishing you for eating the, such a disgusting the, food. The corned yes. beef, which I know it has like some... I don't know if it's nitrates or, or other sort of stuff that's in it, but it it has been known to occasionally cause that kind of reaction for people. Or it could be the copious number of breakfast shots. One or the other. Usually Jameson involved. But uh, yeah, so I have like... I, I have an association with St. Patrick's Day and, like, terrible migraines because the next day, it's not like a hangover. It's, like, migraine. I'd have a headache, too, if I had a thing about eating green things and cuts of meat like uh, corned beef, which, in fact, leads me to the thought that I don't like cuts, period. That's why Randall Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, where you get no cuts, no nicks, with the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code FANSIDED20, get 20% off your order and free shipping. Go there and you can get the, the, the crop preserver. You got to preserve your crops. Is it too soon to make a uh, uh, an Irish potato famine joke? <laughs> or have we reached the threshold Alicia, upon which crops Alicia, like that the, can hey, be overlooked? The, the Stanford band got banned <laughs> by going there. They got cut out of everything okay uh, well, and, see, and although, got nicked from the halftime show well, and you don't want cuts and you don't want nicks no but you see, see this is the thing is is the some the cuts there are good cuts and there are bad cuts cold cuts 
Those are good. Yeah. Cutting the Stanford bad out of, band out of your life. Those are good. Yeah. But the kind of cuts that are bad, those are the ones that you eliminate entirely by using the lawnmower 3.0. So I am in favor of cold cuts and cutting the Stanford bad out. But I'm very anti the nicks and cuts that happen uh, in in just the course of the course right. of life if if you aren't outfitted with the right kind of equipment. Yeah, and it's like good cuts, Reggie Bush cutting yes. through the to the field. Yes, good nicks, Nick Young, Nick Rakosevich. Yes, but there are bad ones. But as there, well. are bad there are bad nicks and, and there are bad cuts. You go to manscaped.com, use promo code Fansided twenty and get twenty percent off your order and free shipping, which means it's time for us to actually make a cut and cut to the news. Alicia, let's get to the news here. Let's start with some football. How about NFL free agency? It is that time of year. It feels like it comes around super often, and here it is yet again. Uh, By the way, NFL free agency, how would you compare to... NBA and uh, MLB free agency and well, NHL free agency. I pay more attention to NFL free agency. So I, I feel like the NBA free agency is so massive because the players are so overwhelmingly overvalued than anything else. Yeah. Um, and that like takes the, the zeitgeist of sports and everything. Everything is revolves around that. Yeah. NFL free agency seems so weird because like so many big names change change teams and I feel like it doesn't have the the it doesn't reverberate the same way it's, that the other sports it does. doesn't change the landscape of the league the way that NBA free right, agency exactly. every every year it's like okay how what how is the landscape of the league going to change the NFL right. free agency is more subtle I think it's more team based just because of the way that uh, the contracts and everything like that work out. So yeah, it's 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 a totally different experience, but I I find it very interesting because it's it's more strategic than just like well who's going to make the huge move. There's a lot more little like critical moves that are yeah. that fly under the radar. I think yeah, and those are the moves I make in Madden. Well, uh, when and, and these teams trying to make those when as, you, as good of moves when you manipulate the uh, trade logic and I all would of not that. do such a thing. Never. I would not do such a thing. No. But but speaking of teams manipulating uh, their salary cap and their roster, how about uh, Adore Jackson getting released by the Titans? I would not have thought this. Um, he is due a big paycheck. Is a, certainly part of it, but. This is a as a comment that I, that I saw on on Twitter. The dude's like an eighty five in Madden, and you're releasing him. Yeah, and and not just that, but like in metrics that you can track. I mean, a Pro Football Focus is a is a fan of of Adore Jackson in terms of he ranks in like you know the 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 among the uh, the better cornerbacks that are out there in the league. Um, so it's a little bit weird, but so much of NFL free agency is the the number tweaking that you have to do the the roster and salary cap manipulation and from what i understand adore jackson had uh like 10 million guaranteed dollars for this year that was going to be owed to him if if he was still on the roster by tuesday or wednesday and so when they made the cut it was just about scrapping that money and so there's a lot of cuts that happen that are just purely you need to get your get your salary cap under control or get your money in under control and so Sometimes you cut a good player. Sometimes you cut a starter because yeah. you're trying to do something else. Now, Titans not using Manscaped. The Titans are not. No, they're nicking themselves left and right. Uh, but uh, 
But, you know, hopefully Adore Jackson can find a, a new home and, and a new situation that'll that'll benefit him. I mean, that's the, the the sucky thing for Adore Jackson is he gets cut and now he has to, you know, figure out where he's going to live, uh, settle into a new team, all that kind of stuff. But it's also a new opportunity for him. He gets to go into the open market as a free agent and, you know, find his way. So should be interesting to watch where he goes. Yeah, it, it will be fun to watch. Uh, Adori, along with uh, Judas Schuster, two guys headlining a group of available free agents for Trojans. Uh, there's also uh, Nikhil Roby, Coleman, uh, Jordan Simmons, Jarrell Casey, Everson Griffin, Matt Barkley, all those guys still looking for homes. Uh, people who have gotten new homes. Uh, Nelson Aguilar with the Patriots. Um Heading to uh, New England after a stint with the Raiders in which he kind of revitalized his, his career a little bit? Well, he proved that the passing game situation in Philadelphia was less than ideal and uh, it was not set up for receivers to succeed. And, you know, that was that became very clear as Nelson Aguilar had more, you know, receptions or receiving touchdowns or whatever metric it was than the entire uh, the entire Eagles receiving core this past season um, and it's not like Nelson Aguilar had particularly prolific numbers he just had a decent season so something has been very wrong in in uh, in Philadelphia since they won the Super Bowl so that is something that we've definitely confirmed over the past year or so as far as Nelson is concerned so looking forward to seeing him go with the the Patriots and um, give uh, give Cam Newton or whoever they settle on as their quarterback a new uh, a new option. I, I believe Marquise Lee is still on that roster as well. Yep. So should be exciting to see those two guys uh, rolling together if Marquise can get his body right. But uh, you know, it's 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 good to see Nelson took that one year that he had with Vegas and made the most of it and got himself paid as a result. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other guys getting themselves paid. Leonard Williams resigning with the Giants and Zach Banner. Resigning with the Steelers, uh, Leonard Williams, huge numbers, huge yeah. contract. I thought this was interesting because I don't watch the NFL that closely, so I'm I'm fully admitting I'm I'm a novice in talking about the NFL at a at a critical level. Right, so much of my NFL intake is just what I see on Twitter, and I know that's a it's a not not a good view of the league, not a good view of, of anything. It's a lot of narratives and whatnot. And I felt like Leonard Williams was a player who was really criticized by, like, Giants Twitter. And for him to to be not only, you know, a guy who gets over $60 million, but someone who is the number two free agent in the CBS Sports ranking of all the free agents, that's huge. That's huge for SC. It's huge. Well, I mean, he had 11.5 sacks in 2020. He had uh, 14 tackles for loss, 30 QB hits. Uh, he... he he was doing more of the flashy things that I think he got criticized in uh, in in New York with the Jets. He's still in New York with the Giants. He's in New Jersey, but he's in New Jersey. Or he he uh, was in New Jersey, or is in New Jersey. They both they're both play in New, New Jersey. Jersey whatever Vegas. whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, it, when he was with the Jets, a lot of the criticism was he wasn't doing the stat kind of stuff. He was uh, sort of just as a secondary guy. Um, more in a support role, and that's that's not the Leonard Williams that we certainly got to know at USC. So he comes to the Giants, and this past year he put up more of those numbers that you want to see—the pass rushing numbers, the uh, the, the the sort of big cat kind of numbers 
So, yeah, he, he forced the Giants' hand. He forced them to pay him. And uh, and good on him. And hopefully he's able to continue this uh, this surge of success. We, you know, you don't want it to be a contract year kind of situation that he had in 2020. Um, but he's now set up to, to go ahead and continue on with the, with the Giants and hopefully build on that. So For sure. Yeah. Greatest defensive lineman in USC football history? Won't argue. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Zach Banner re-upping with the Steelers. This is an interesting one because... He, he gets drafted in 2017, a fourth rounder to the Colts. The Colts get rid of him really quickly, really quickly. And uh, Banner bounces around, eventually goes to the Steelers. Uh, he becomes a little bit of a fan favorite as a guy who goes in and, and is an extra tackle. And he's uh, he's eligible in the passing game and all that stuff, eligible receiver. Um, and then he wins the starting job out of camp last year at right tackle. Tears his ACL in week one, misses all of his his season in a year when he has an expiring contract, and yet he turns right around uh, and inks a deal uh, with the Steelers worth up to what, like nine million dollars. So uh, more power to him. Uh, I think it was three and a quarter million signing bonus. Yeah, I mean, it shows the, you know, sometimes you just sort of read into these contracts and they show the what confidence that a team has in a player and. You're right. He didn't get the opportunity to earn himself a new contract uh, th- this past season because of his injury. It says something about the loyalty that the Steelers feel towards him that they come back and and give him a new deal and that they're willing to sort of see what he's got. Yeah, uh, they must have liked him enough coming out of that uh, coming out of that training camp to think, you know what? No, he is worth investing in. So his big challenge will obviously be. Um, getting his body right, coming off of a knee injury like that, it's always you know it takes a little while to get to get back into into form. So he's going to have to find his feet uh, over this off season, and hopefully he's able to hit the ground running for this next season because there is a starting job there available if uh, if he's able to go and grab it. Yeah, and Yins know if there's any franchise that's uh, loyal, it's the Stillers. Yes. So uh, we'll we'll see if if the same rings true. Uh, for Juju Smith-Schuster, as of uh, recording, he's still a free agent. And uh, and and the rum- the murmurs on Juju are all that he won't be coming back to the Steelers. So so ignore what I said about the, so I mean, the well, no, it, it, the the Steelers are a very loyal franchise, but I think the issue is that Juju's going to command more money than they want to pay, and it sort of makes sense because he hasn't really been a number one receiver for them, and he's going to be able to go out on the open market and command, you know number one, number two kind of money. So it uh, it is almost a juju. If he was less good, it would be easier for them to bring him back. If he was more good, it, it would be easier for them to bring him back. Right. But he's sort of in that in-between where no one's quite sure, can he be a number one receiver or is he just a slot guy? Now, slot guys have value, but maybe not in the same way to the Steelers. Yeah, it also doesn't help that these last two years haven't been as productive as, as year two was. It, it, for, it, for well, it didn't help that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the one throwing him the ball um, in the, the, in uh, 2019. And he you saw his numbers rebound in, in 2020. So I have a lot of hope uh, hope for Juju to, you know, to, to be able to put up good numbers for the rest of his career. He needs to land in the right spot. And, like, you know, they're talking about you know, he's going to potentially go to the Jets or whatever. Like... The only good reason for him going to the Jets would be if is if he's able to help revive Sam Darnold's career, but that's the last thing in the yeah. world I want. Yins don't want to see that for sure. No, uh, but 
that'll wrap it up for football. Uh, let's go over and talk about basketball. Uh, the Trojans are back in the NCAA tournament. They're the number six seed in the West region. They are going to face in the round of 64 on Saturday the winner of a first four matchup uh, between Wichita State and Drake. Drake, what's their what's what's their name? Drake Jackson, Drake London. I'll let it slide. <laughs> How about Wichita State? Shockers, baby. How do you know that? Everyone knows the Shockers. I'm leading you. I, I'm I'm throwing you a bone to talk about Ted Lasso, and you're not. I, okay, so it. I was gonna do the Ted Lasso thing, but I like I knew Wichita State before, <laughs> so okay. I gotta say it was very fitting that Ted Lasso used Wichita State, who I don't even know if they have a football program. But I either, don't believe they do. But either way, like Wichita State was the perfect like believable like Ted Lasso would bring that team to a national title uh Wichita State being the the sort of lovable underdog kind of shockers yeah and SC now gets to play uh either the shockers from Wichita State or Drake from Iowa uh who probably has a lot of people who shock wheat over there in Iowa too I, I would think sure <laughs> you run with that one sure uh the the if they win they could potentially get the winner of the Kansas Eastern Washington game. Uh, Sweet sixteen matchups could be against teams like Oregon, VCU, uh, uh, Iowa, and that fake college in Phoenix, Grand Canyon University. GCU, yeah, VCU, GCU, Oregon, Iowa, GCU, uh, or is like I like to call. Fake TCU West. <laughs> okay, so this is a really interesting bracket that USC is in. It is simultaneously very difficult and simultaneously, like, weirdly set up for USC to go on a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 run. Yeah, you mentioned difficult because if they get to the Elite 8, it's Gonzaga they're probably going to have to face. Right. And, like, I, did, I wrote about this on Rana Troy this past week that there are a lot of analysts out there who are picking USC as a Final Four dark horse, and they're basing that almost entirely on Evan Mobley. And I think that's fair. USC, in 90% of the games that they will play in, in this bracket, will have the best player on the floor. The only, uh, they'll certainly have the most talented player on the floor. And if they get to face Iowa, Luke Garza is a better player than Evan Mobley at this point. He's a senior. He is, you know, Evan Mobley four years from now. So, that would certainly be a very difficult matchup, but um, USC's problem is they don't have really strong guard play or at least really consistent guard play, and you need that in the tournament. Um, they have veteran presence in in Tajidi and a lot of the other uh, transfers that USC has, but it's sort of a, a weird imbalance. And, and there's also the distrust that I think anyone who's watched USC basketball uh, over the years has in sort of in this team where you don't trust them to make their free throws, and those are things that are critical uh, in in the tournament. You don't trust them to uh, to to put a team away. Um, you don't trust them to not fall behind early. You, it just there's a lot there's a lack of trust that I have in the Trojans in general when it comes to to basketball. But given their ceiling, given their potential, they could walk through this. You know, Wichita State or Drake, those are decent teams who will challenge USC, but USC should be able to get by them. They're, you know, an 11-6 matchup, you should get by them. Kansas is really vulnerable right now. Now, there's a lot of people on, like you see on Twitter and online talking about how Kansas is, this is like one of the worst Kansas teams that people have seen. 
they got really hot at the end of the season. They won, I think it was eight of their last nine. But then COVID hit and they had to step out of the Big 12 tournament and they're going to have like their team piecemeal come back together. Like their leading scorer is, is coming back on Friday and then their third leading scorer and top rebounder is going to come back on Tuesday on Monday or Tuesday and that might be just in time for the round of 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 32 matchup if USC or whoever gets if they are able to get by uh, Eastern Washington on Saturday without an upset then they'll sort of get one guy back and then they'll get another guy back later on so they're like in a total state of 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 uncertainty because they won't have their entire roster there the guys that are coming back are going to have to be reintegrated after a couple weeks where they haven't been playing and so there's some vulnerability there with Kansas. If you, were, if you wanted to face a number three seed Kansas team at any point in the last few years, like this is probably the one you'd want to face. But then again, we're talking about a Bill Self team. I trust him way more than I trust Andy Enfield. So will they be able to put it together? You gotta trust the Self, yeah. Well, yes, you do have to trust yourself. But uh, is Evan Mobley going to be able to, to take over and dominate? Is Tajidi going to be able to... Uh, provide the scoring that USC needs from start to finish? Uh, is Ethan Anderson going to avoid those devastating sort of turnover, you know, five-minute periods where he's uh, just an absolute liability? Uh, all of those things are questions that I have for this team. But if they're able to put it together, they can get to the Sweet 16 and face Iowa. They can get there. And if it's Oregon, we know they've already beat Oregon. But if they get to Iowa, you know, then it's... Then you sort of see where the dice rolls. And then if you get past Iowa and you're in the Elite Eight and you're facing Gonzaga, well, you know, talk about all the things that I don't trust in college basketball. Gonzaga is the number one program in college basketball I do not trust. I've spent way too many years. They have spent way too many years busting my bracket. Is Is there any more team in sports, in all of sports, who is due more than Gonzaga? Probably not. Like, like, not even the Toronto Maple Leafs, because the the thing with the Leafs is that, you know, they've been bad for long stretches. Yeah, no, Gonzaga has been Gonzaga's good. Gonzaga's been so... They've earned a title. Yeah. They just haven't done it. They just are very unreliable. And so, yeah. if if there was going to be an upset, <laughs> a number one upset, going into the Final Four, I would not be shocked if Gonzaga was not in the Final Four. Now, right. do I think that USC will be the one that delivers that shock? I... I'd, I think it's probably doubtful, but there's a path here. With a name like Wichita State in the mix? I know. Go Shockers. <laughs> Who gives the, uh, the the shock here? Uh, Wichita State and Drake plan on Thursday, uh, mind you, so keep an eye open for that. Uh, but the interesting thing here for me is that you, you look back at 2001, 20 years ago, which is insane to think about that it's 20 years ago. 20 years ago. SC goes in this tournament as a number six seed, as a team who did not win the Pac-12, did not win the Pac-12 tournament, uh, sorry, the Pac-10 tournament at the time. And what do they do? They waltz through their first three games. Who did they beat in, in the in the Sweet 16? Kentucky. Well, if SC gets to the Elite Eight like they did in 2001, they'd have to go through Kansas in the round of 32, a blue blood who wears blue, literally. No, I mean there's a, a UK, there. a UK, yeah, a K- Kansas KU. Techni- technically is. In, do you ever know that uh, all of the 
the uh, Kansas is the University of Kansas. It's not Kansas University. But they do go by KU, yes, don't they? But the reason they go by KU goes back to an old marketing ploy that the Big Eight had, where the Big Eight, for some reason, called all of their teams uh, letter U. Oh. So, so uh, OU, CU, KU, NU, all of those Big Eight schools went by that with the u on the end interesting and so there was always a joke that texas was tu because of that even though they weren't in the big eight yeah they were in the southwest conference huh well today i learned the more you know uh but but yeah so uh it's crazy it's been 20 years sc a number six seed they've been a number six seed before uh back in 2008 i believe they were in a number six seed they didn't get far uh so it'll be interesting to see if usc can put it together as a six seed again the entire tournament Taking place in Indiana, uh, which is going to be fascinating. Um, multiple venues in Indianapolis. I'm I'm kind of surprised they haven't like. I, I'm interested. Like I'm interested to see how this goes because I think there's a there's a world where this becomes the the norm. Could you see it? Could, like like could you see if like a state hosted the the entire tournament? Going forward, like like if like if this ends up being a massive success, I could I mean I I could always see it happening, but I think it's more likely they'll go back to the old model because I think that that probably if I were the committee that's seating these things, I do like the ability to and, and reward teams. Is you you want yeah. yeah, you want attendance, and you're not really worrying about attendance this year, but you will worry about attendance in future right. years. That's you want to you want to reward teams by giving them the the region um uh, more local region for them travel then becomes a factor that they can use to weight you know teams up and down or whatever so uh, and and then also just more venues in different areas about selling tickets. i mean that's that's exactly it so <laughs> you know i doubt that uh i Fair doubt enough. like vegas or whatever other west but if the entire can you imagine if the entire tournament was in vegas that would be fun god knows they have a, enough arenas to do it they, yeah so it would be fascinating to see uh, see that all come together. Uh, so yeah, the Trojans uh, Saturday afternoon against the the winner of the Wichita State Drake game, USC the six seed. Those guys the eleven seed. Uh, if they win that one, they'll play the winner of Kansas and Eastern Washington, the Jayhawks or the uh, Eagles. The Eagles, right? Either way, they're playing a bird. If they win. If they win, and and I'm just I'm putting it out there, no one who has watched this USC team at any point will be surprised if they lose to Wichita State or Drake. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I I've talked about this before on the pod. I'm not someone who watches a lot of USC basketball. Don't look to me to 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 bestow wisdom upon you about this USC basketball team. Full disclosure about that. My gut is one of two things. SC immediately gets bounced out or they go deep. Like there's going to be no impact. It's it's like it's like losing in the first round of Sweet 16. Like the round of 32 is almost a uh just it does like just bypass it. Which is weird cuz that's where so you, Kenta- so where Kansas they is. definitely beat Kansas. I think if USC <laughs> faces Kansas part of me thinks like genuinely USC I'll expect them to beat Kansas. Which is not fair because, again, like, uh, give me Bill Self over Andy Enfield any day. But, like, to but, me, and, and I know that I keep dwelling on the stupid things, but how ironic that 
SC could go through Wichita State and Kansas, or they could potentially go through Drake and then Iowa. Don't you, you see the irony there? Are you making a geography joke? It's a geography joke? reference. Reference, yeah. yeah. You, you know how bad my geography is, so... I know, you're not good at geography. I will concede. I was watching GeoGuessr tip, tips videos. Mostly it's stuff that I already know, uh-huh. but it's things that I find, like, even nerdier that I haven't picked up. Like, okay, these kind of poles are only in Colombia. <laughs> these poles are only in Peru. I'm like, well, I got to add this to my repertoire. Like, usually I know things like license plates and, and, and lines in the road, but poles. I didn't know how to add poles to to my list of things. If, if anyone who listens plays GeoGuessr, go find Michael on Twitter and, like, geek out with him because it's his thing. That's right. I enjoy GeoGuessr, too. It's just I suck at it. So, like... You gotta learn the tips! I, uh, you know. Those, those, uh, oxagonal poles only in Mexico and <laughs> Colombia. I'll, I'll keep Yellow that in license mind. plates? It's Colombia. Oh, I will definitely keep all of those things Is there a pack mind. on the Google car? It's Mongolia. <laughs> Telling you. Telling you. There's there's tips to the trade here, folks, over at GeoGuessr. Uh, but we want to see you guys over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ren of Troy. We get all of our bonus episodes. Again, it's Rot Madness. Last week, we talked about the 16 best USC quarterbacks, walked through a tournament, picked our winners, and eventually got to the mountaintop. Uh, let us know what you think about that episode when you go listen to it after you join us over on Patreon. And then this week, we'll have two more over there for you. The wide receivers and the running backs. Look for those up uh, probably Friday or so. So let's get to the mailbag, shall we? You've got mail. Let's start off with a Slack message from Fred. He says, with the NCAA tournament starting tomorrow slash Friday, what is your go-to method of picking the bracket? Do you go chalk, mascots, colors, geography for our GeoGuessr friends? <laughs> um, I used to fill out two brackets. One would be a, you know, real bracket that I just pick, and the other would be like a mascot bras- bracket. So like who would who would beat who in, in a mascot fight? Um, or something random, you know, which colors do I like or that kind of stuff. This year I've gone mostly chalk. I've, I've, I found that like picking upsets, it's not worth it. If, if there are upsets, then that'll happen. But like you break your bracket on your own if you mess, if you mess up an upset and then that, you know, that two seed goes on to the, to the elite eight, like you're screwed. You're losing a lot of points. So I generally stick with chalk. Um, I generally stick with teams that have really good players. So like this year, I have Alabama going very far because I like uh, I like um, uh, Herbert Herbert Jones or Herbert Jackson, whatever whatever his name is. Um, Luke Garza, I really like from Iowa. Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. I have I have those teams advancing now. If I wasn't you know knee deep in in USC, I might have USC going very far. Because of Evan Mobley, but I don't trust USC, so uh, that that is uh, a, a whole other thing. But yeah, I tend to you know side with uh, side with the, the the best players, the guys who are all Americans and that, and uh, and and go chalk generally, unless you have a really good reason to like if if there's an injury situation or there's um, you know uncertainty or or a team that's really hot, that kind of thing. But yeah, 
that that's how I, I choose. Yeah, and if you go chalk against SC, that can mean rock chalk Jayhawk in the round of <laughs> 32. Uh, I like to go chalk because they say chalk wins pools, right? Um, but here's the thing about 2021. I don't think this is a normal basketball year. No. And so I was filling out this bra- my, my bracket, and A, I feel like I've paid attention to college basketball less this year than any other year. And B... I don't try, like, I would normally just go pretty chalk and then pick, like, three upsets, maybe. You always got to have a 12-5 upset. You got to have a 12-5, and then you got to toy with the idea of a 13-4. Yeah, and then you need, you can't have all all four ones going to the final four. You got to, you got to, I like to pick a two that I'm just going to ride um, and, uh, and, and go with that. Maybe you, there's a three or a four that you kind of like, but. Uh, Even a four feels like you're reaching, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like to go chalk mostly and and just lie on the re, re, rely on teams um, that have a good resume. Teams that are underseeded, like those mm-hmm. teams that have something to prove. Not necessarily teams that have already. Sometimes a team that's already achieved something. Uh, it's easy to have a mindset that uh, you get into the tournament and like like Oregon this year like or, or Oregon I, I think State Oregon's winning the a good team I think yeah Oregon's a good team I wouldn't be surprised if they got bounced early uh, mentally having won the Pac-12 championship yeah. obviously the Pac-12 championship is not what they want in the long term right I'm not saying that that is but I think that it's easier to pick a team that I think it's a little more hungry um, but but again none none of this stuff. Matters. It's it's all a coin flip at the end of the day, um, when when you're picking your teams. Uh, Fred says, uh, "Is it better to be a higher seed or a lower one, but placed into a perceived easier path to get through?" I have a strong opinion on this. I think that like I don't think it's one to sixteen. I think there's seeds you'd rather be. Like for instance, I'd rather be a ten seed than an eight or nine. Yes. Because the eight or nine, you're going to get the number one seed right around the corner yeah. if you win your game. Uh, if you're the 10 seed play- facing the seven, that's almost an even matchup. It's almost the seven, eight coin flip. Yeah. It's almost an even matchup, seven, 10. You're not, you're not going to be heavily, uh, you're not going to really be a true legitimate underdog. Um, people are gonna, still going to pick you at, you know, at a fair rate. But if you win, you go and you get the three seed. The three seed way more manageable than the one seed. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think in general it's better to be a higher seed though. Like in sure, general, yeah. the problem is once you get beyond sort of the five seeds, you know, certainly sixes, seven, sevens, and yeah, once you're an eight, it doesn't you know then then you're talking about where you are in a bracket. But like the difference between being a six and a five is big, and the difference between being a four and a five is big, and the difference between being a three and a a four is big. Right. So, yeah, I, I I sort of get where you're coming from. Where the the way that the the bracket sort of progresses, there are advantageous places to be. But in general, I think you want to be a higher seed because yeah. the teams that are lower seeded than you are lower seeded for a reason. That means they have flaws. That means right. there's something wrong with them. The the only time I'd want to be a lower seed would be being a 10 over like an 8. Yeah. Like that's really it. Yeah. I, I guess you can make the argument over being an, an 11 versus being an 8 or whatever, but but it's being a 10 versus an 8 is what you'd want to have, um, if anything. 
But outside of that, it all comes down to luck because... Or I'd be a 12. <laughs> that 12-5, there's you know, always you know, a 12-5. One's five. guaranteed to win, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is it comes down to luck after that because what's going to happen when you get to that next round? Is the other team going to... The other matchup, is it going to go chalk? Or are you going to end up in a situation you thought you had to play the two seed in the second round, and all of a sudden you're playing the 15. Yeah, or you think you're going to you spend all your week talking about Kansas, 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 and then all of a sudden there's Eastern Washington turning up, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. now we're playing the 14 seed. So yeah. it really changes the picture. Completely different, completely different. Uh, Samuel asks us a question. I'm going to change it. He says, does USC basketball make it past Kansas? I'm going to change this to you, Alicia. Why does USC basketball make it past Kansas? Give me the case. Um, Besides Evan Mobley is good. Well, Evan Mobley is very good. Um, Evan Mobley and, and Isaiah Mobley are are both uh, very good. Kansas is coming off of a COVID a COVID situation where they have players, their best players, who are who are going to have to be shaking the rust off, who are coming back from multiple weeks of not playing. Um, and like I said earlier. They're coming back in stages, so they're not going to get everybody back. Um, Their top rebounder isn't going to be back at the earliest until the round of 32 game, if he's even cleared to to play in that game. So those are, you know, those are big misses that that Kansas is going to have, and they're just entirely unsettled. And so much of the uh, the NCAA tournament is momentum and is sort of uh, feeling like you're you're ready to go. And even though USC lost to Colorado in the Pac-12 tournament, they still have a bit of the momentum that they had going into the end of the season. I think Kansas is vulnerable. And so that, that Kansas is vulnerable and USC has Evan Mobley. Like that's a big factor because if, if you're going to take advantage of a vulnerable team, it helps to have the best player on the floor, which Evan Mobley will be. Uh, so that would be my, my pitch is just the combination of those two factors. Uh, but uh, But there are other factors that I think – you know, swing the other way that uh, that you know USC can't be trusted to hit their free throws, and uh, Kansas has Bill Self, and that you know he's won enough to to earn that kind of respect from from uh, USC fans as far as what we're expecting That's from Kansas. Yes, uh, a tweet from Johnny G. Uh, where do you got USC basketball reaching in your brackets? Um, like I said, it, it's one or the other. I'm going to make two brackets. One of them I'm going to have SC losing in the first round. The other one, I'm going to have SC going to the Elite Eight. How about you? <sighs> okay, yeah. I have USC in the Sweet 16 losing to Iowa. And that is entirely because I think that Iowa is a more veteran team. Now, Iowa has some serious defensive deficiencies, and that is something that USC could definitely take advantage of. But they are a more veteran team. And as much as I love Evan Mobley, I think Luke Garza is the sort of kryptonite that USC doesn't want to face. I think it would behoove USC incredibly, not just from the normal, like, you don't want to face the two seed, but, like, if Oregon were able to pull off an upset of of Iowa, that would very much clear the way. Because Iowa's, I, like, Iowa's the team that I feel like USC definitely loses to, no matter what. Right. Because so. you get to the Sweet 16, and you're like, geez, does this happen? And like, no, yeah. it's Iowa. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I got, yeah. Uh, okay. I got All right. uh, Tweet from Jonathan, uh, who will be the highest drafted <laughs> USC player in the 2022 NFL draft? 
I'm going to go on a little bit of a limb and just say Keaton Slovis. I think it'll be Keaton Slovis. Uh, now, Drake London is a possibility. Also Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson is a possibility. Um, but Keaton Slovis being the quarterback, I just it's just so much easier to you bet on the quarterback how NFL here. Teams like cream their pants yes. over quarterback. Yes. And 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 that is just, you know, that's just the reality. But edge rushers, uh, the Drake Jackson could be the guy. Attention. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he's up there. The thing Drake I'm on- London, I feel like, is going to go lower than you expect just because there's so many wide receivers. Yeah. And, and wide receivers always end up going in the second round out of USC. Yeah. Always. Um, the, the thing about Drake Jackson, which 2021 will be very telling, right? Because this past season, I thought that he was a little bit more um, quiet than sort of expected. Now, he came into the season with an injury. And so I wonder how much that slowed him down. But, I, uh, you know, I think Todd Orlando needs to answer whether or not this defense can allow Drake Jackson to shine. And that'll really be the determining factor on whether or not Drake is a you know top 15 pick or sort of a later first round pick. I think he will be a first round pick. Um, but, uh, but you know, Keaton could be a top 10 pick before all is said and done. I mean, they're talking about all these other quarterbacks that are just bleh that get talked about as you know top ten picks. I don't see why Keaton wouldn't. Yeah, I'm right there uh, with you. Uh, the next picks from next question from Yantan. Uh, who are your final four picks? Uh, Alicia, have you done a bracket yet? I I filled out a bracket for my family, uh, and and I I wish I could pull it up on my phone because I'm I, I don't. I've I've got mine. Okay. I'm going Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Houston. Three ones and a two. So I definitely have Gonzaga because I made the, the, in this bracket, my, okay, my other strategy for filling out a bracket is don't think, just pick. Like, just go with your gut. And so that's what I did. And I made the fatal, fatal, fatal mistake of Gonzaga winning it all. Um, because I'm a an idiot. But so I have Gonzaga going through. I have Alabama going through in the eastern uh eastern uh region beating Michigan because I really like Alabama's defense. Um, I've got um, let's see, uh, yeah, I got Illinois. No, I have Oklahoma State getting in through the Midwest because Cade Cade Cunningham. And then I have um, Ohio State getting through from the south. So I've kind of gone all in on the two seeds uh, with Ohio State and Alabama. And then from there, I have Ohio State beating Oklahoma State and uh, Gonzaga beating Alabama and then Gonzaga beating uh, Ohio State. You mentioned Alabama in the east. Um, I have them not making the Sweet 16. It's entirely possible. Alabama, not a basketball school. They're not a basketball school, but like I've been doing a lot of writing on on the dot com about college college basketball this year, so I have, have actually paid more attention. And like Herbert Jones from Alabama is legitimately like I just think he's that core figure on a team that drives you through the tournament. And I could be betting on the wrong guy, but I, I just sort of am betting on him. I feel like Alabama's USC, right? It's it's a Perennially, a, a team that underachieves, um, a team that always feels like a perpetual bu- um, bubble team, and 
yeah, they they have a, a star talent and they could go as far as they want to. But they're also like they're also Alabama. They're also USC. They could, That's true. At, at any moment, hmm. at, at, at any moment. But again, don't take anything I'm saying seriously. Please. Oh no, do not. Yeah, do not. <laughs> uh, let's go to a tweet we got from Johnny King. Will Keaton Slovis be able to throw a spiral this year? I think so. I, I think he'll be able to to throw a spiral. Yeah. I I still don't have a very good explanation for what it was that caused was him in 2020. It was the wind in Tucson. Like, you know it. Come on. <laughs> the, and the rain in L.A. And I don't remember what else the other things were. Either way, I think that uh, the elbow injury probably was, was uh, dogging him a little bit longer than USC wanted to admit. I think he's now fully removed from that. The shoulder that he's going to have to get over is going to be something that we're going to have to pay attention to as far as the spiral goes. But part of it might also just be confidence because he sure was throwing passes perfectly fine in the final couple of minutes of, of games. So, I again, I have, I have no explanation. Yes, the answer is yes. All right. Uh, next question. Last question. This comes from Sini's uh, dad. Am I getting that right? Knee's dad? I'm going to see Knee's dad. Okay. When are the Trojans going to get a new staff? Bold prediction that's not very bold. USC will be getting a new staff in 2022. All right. You heard it here first. Mark your calendars. <laughs> then again, <laughs> or technically 2021. We, but We've said this before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how everything uh, comes to be. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for listening, as always. Again, Saturday afternoon, USC, the number six seed, going up against the Wichita State Shockers or the Drake Bulldogs. Uh, we'll see what comes of it, see if the Trojans can get a win uh, and face the winner of uh, Kansas and uh, Eastern Washington. So uh, check that out. Check us out for more content over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Troy. And avoid nicks. Avoid cuts. Go to Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code FANSIDED20. Get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's right. Go there. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Get the Crop Preserver. Take care of yourself and your loved ones will agree. Indeed. Agree. Approve. Approve? Wait, your loved one? I mean... Not gonna judge. Hey, it could be loved ones. Don't yuck anybody's young. <laughs> as long as it's fair as game long, and legal and all yes. that stuff, you know. Yes. All right, we're just gonna wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>